Stardate 0819.2021. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have Mariah Gossett, Clyde Haynes, and Grant. Hey, Grant. This week, we're putting on our fornication helmets. Actually, we're putting oh, no. our fornication helmets aside, I should say. Good, good. <laughs> All the way over. Where, where are these fornication helmets? We're putting them aside to bring you a live review and breakdown of the new episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. The second episode of the second season. But first, Clyde, can you tell everyone watching the live show how they can uh, participate uh, on the pod. If you are hanging out with us and you want to participate and you want to tell us what you're thinking about the show, you want to tell us something, ask us a question that we may answer, then all you have to do is type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in your chat, and we will try and pay attention to it. <laughs> Maybe. Our best. Try we'll our ignore best. you in real time. <laughs> Uh, Mariah, before we dive into our review, can you tell everyone how they can find the podcast? Yes. So, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, you can just visit StarTrekPod.co, where you can find all the ways you you can subscribe to the show, the audio or the video version. However, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you'll be entered in for a chance to win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray. I'm sorry, this is only for our U.S. residents, Um, but... Please subscribe, hit that button, hit the notification bell so you know where we're going live. And uh, Mike, how long is that contest running? How long are we? End of the month. Last open? last day is the end of August, August 31st. Awesome. So yeah, you have till August 31st, subscribe, and we will draw someone to win some sweet, sweet Blu-rays. Do it. Grant Davis, can you quickly tell us how folks can support the pod? You know what I can tell you? Um, I just cracked open this beer. It's called Coarse Grind Hustle, apparently from Hot Butcher for the World. This is an imperial stout with coffee and toffee. And holy schmoly, it tastes really good. It's like um, it's like coffee chocolate ice cream. Whoa. This is not the beerus. Anyway, um, well, I was so in. confused for a sec. I'm like <laughs> looking through. <laughs> Although that sounds thinking, good. I was thinking, do we get a new sponsor and no one's telling me? Because... <laughs> No, it's just really good. I really wanted want to some of that money people about this. Because, okay. Wow. Uh, Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. You can go there and make a $2 an episode pledge. And if you do that, you get to join our exclusive Slack channel where you can um, chat with other people who love Trek and love um, being supportive of each other. It's a friendly group and they do watch alongs and um, we do bonus exclusive episodes for you guys and all sorts of stuff. Uh, appreciate all of your support and Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. It makes it nice and easy to support this Star Trek podcast that you love. Mike, can you please explain to us this uh, mustache that's going on on your face? <laughs> for people who can see the video. If you want to call it a mustache, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm I'm Mirror Universe Mike. I'm, I'm Patreon.com slash Mike's mustache. <laughs> I'm somehow dorkier than, uh, than actual Mike. Mirror Universe Mike. I'm a big fan. Wait, no. Are you uh, like your, your uh, uh, wave, the, the clone, like a Boimler clone? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm a I'm a transporter clone of Mike. That's what I was looking uh, for. Call me Dirk. <laughs> Y'all got some explaining to do with this episode. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's let our afs hang out and dive into episode two of 
202 of Lower Decks with some hot frakes. All right. Um, I wasn't here last week, but Clyde, neither were you. And people like you better. You go first. No, they don't. No, they do <laughs> they not. They do. Um, so last week, I felt like there was all this anticipation for Lower Decks. And when it got to the end of the episode, I was kind of like, was I supposed to love that? Like, I feel like I'm supposed to love it. But I don't know that I love it. This week, I was like, no, this was pretty entertaining from beginning to end. Like, there was just enough Easter eggs. I was kind of like, this just is enough. It is just... jam-packed. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in there. And th- there are a couple Next Generation episodes that I like for no good reason. Darmok is one of them. I just don't know why I like it. It's a great episode. <laughs> so so this one, the fact that it was built off of that, it just kind of like it set the tone. Like I was like, you know, in our Slack channel, um, you know, we have a rundown, a kind of like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. And I, I had a very busy day, but I took time out to craft a question to all of you, which was, Tilly and Stamets at the sanctuary before Black Alert, which the translation was, is there a rundown created? Like (laughs) that is how much I thought this was just kind of a fun episode. So I really enjoyed it. Um, Just the, and then it was a, we got Boimler back in a tongue in cheek Star Trek way. And we're episode two in the season. Like, I was really hoping that they weren't going to drag this out and have Boimler on Titan. Because to be honest with you, I was getting sick of hearing the word Titan (laughs) on this show. (laughs) You? And like I said, you read the Titan books. I read, yes, but it's like, well, he's on Titan. He must be having all the fun. I'm glad that's a joke that didn't go six episodes. Yeah. So um, I love the fact that they brought him back. I will say I did enjoy the kind of dynamic between Jet. Um, and so I thought that was kind of fun. I hope we get to see more of that. But no, I really enjoyed this episode. I was entertained from beginning to end. I thought it was good. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm, I-, I had a good time. I'm going to go. I, I liked it a lot, too. I liked last week, too. But I think with season two... Um, Lower Decks has kind of established itself as a Star Trek fans fun hang. Like this show has only grown funnier and more confident in season two. It, it has its own voice. The characters are like already firmly established for the most part, but they have a lot of room to grow. And it's just a fucking blast for Star Trek fans. Like I remember in the first season, I complained a little bit about all the referencing and the in-jokes, but I'm just enjoying it now. I'm just like soaking it all up, and there's so much of it. But all that stuff is like nicely balanced with character and story and like fun, if very silly, tongue-in-cheek character work. Like in this episode, Mariner missing Boimler and Boimler realizing that his version of boldly going is based on like really nerdy TNG tropes like exploring and 
and going to a concerto and not getting into not getting like like epic space battles on the uh, uh on the titan which is apparently what they do every week now with the pack lids which is odd mm-hmm. um is that based on the books clyde like no, there's always something not- in- insane going on on the, on the titan no, part of the reason why I find that the Titan series, like I don't tell everyone, oh, you have to go read these books, is because mm-hmm. I feel like the first three chapters, maybe four chapters of the Titan series, is so nerdy and heady into technology. It's so slow hmm. that it takes a while to get into it. But no, it's huh. definitely not space opera battles. So maybe maybe Lower Decks is kind of like inverting the joke about the titan like maybe you know the tv version of the titan is way more exciting than the book version well i think what it is is it's this idea of who Riker would be as a captain based on what we saw in tng and the whole thing about this episode was when they were talking about like well he's the new Riker, and i'm like yeah but it because that's what we thought he would be on tng by the time he gets to titan He's he's old Riker. He's he's mm. I hate to say it. He's basically the Riker we see in Picard. Right, right, right. Well, I I did the fact that it's a joke here is fun. I like I like the dual plots of this episode. I think they were like a fun blend of like space diehard meets evil, like the evil Star Trek security system trope. Like there's some really fun, like super silly episodes of Trek that I love about like a station or a ship security system that goes crazy and tries to kill everybody and locks everybody everybody down, like it did in this episode with the the collector's ship. Um, my favorite one is that DS9 episode, Civil Defense, which is all kinds of crazy. And there's a fun uh Voyager one where Taurus has to like outsmart like a space torpedo that she's mm-hmm. trapped inside and that's trying to kill her. Those are always she fun. Originally programmed herself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those are always fun. Even if they don't have uh Klingon sex helmets uh, in those episodes, but yeah, I was surprised to see Boimler like get Thomas Reichard and get a transporter clone. And, but I think I was even more surprised that he returned to the Cerritos so quickly I kind of wanted to see more of the Titan, but if the Titan's just going to be like a, a a one joke thing, it was probably good a good move. Also, I was kind of like, I don't want to sit through like five more episodes of Mariner complaining that Boimler's not around, so I'm kind of glad he's back. Um, great to see the therapy bird on the bridge. Cheers to Paul F. Tompkins. And, <laughs> yeah, it seemed uh, like an upgrade there for yeah. him. promotion. And I'm sure there were like tons of other great like guest performers in this episode i don't have the list in front of me but yeah lower decks is back and it's a blast and uh, i'm hooked i think maybe my only complaint is that there's not a hardcore like plot story arc happening that's really gripping me but something like that might happen so we'll see uh mariah yeah i mean i think this was i enjoyed last week's episode i did think this one was stronger and i think it's because it's like the gangs getting back together and i do think it was really smart that they figured out like a very funny clever clever referential way to bring boimler back to the ship um i also thought it was funny that he thought the clone of himself they would have like argued about like he i don't think he actually wanted to go back but then he was like well i've already just said i would so yeah. <laughs> um he's like classic boimler classic boimler um 
I, I also, I agree with Clyde. I really enjoyed um, Jet and Mariner as these like very alpha um, personalities trying to take the lead the whole time. I really enjoyed seeing Tendi and Rutherford finally get to step up and prove that the nerds are worthy of leadership. Um, so I think I'm hoping that is like the beginning nuggets of like the larger um, kind of arc for this season is to get to learn more about Tendi and Rutherford. Um but there were so many, like, I kept pausing my screen to try to look at all of the different things they had through the gallery because there was just, like, like, one point I thought I saw, like, Ahura's uniform and then there was, like, a unicorn. There was a shark in a in a tank, like, yeah, um, yeah there was so, there's just so much stuff and it, and it was, like, fun to see all of the different, um, sort of series come together to that point. This one was also, I had to look up quite a few of the references because I think most of them were um, next gen, which is not like my bread and butter as far as like my memory serving me um, for those sorts of things. But yeah, overall, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was clever how they're bringing Boimler back. Um, and he was almost like heroic for coming back because he stepped up to say he would do it instead of his clone. Um, and I really enjoyed him sort of reminding the audience about what traditional Trek episodes were like in the 90s, like when he's referencing the Enterprise and also calling it the D very funny the whole time. <laughs> um, I thought that was really great. So, yeah, overall, I'm really excited. This is like such a fun, bright spot in the week. And I just really enjoy all the voice actors and the creativity of the of the casting crew. Grant, what questions do you have? <laughs> I have a bunch. Uh, my, my quick hot freak here is um, that I really liked it. My little bit more extended one is that last week um, I, I do a podcast uh, not only for Star Trek, but I also do one talking about the MCU along with this guy and uh, sometimes Clyde's on there. Um, and uh, I think I was down on both episodes, both premiere episodes of those shows, uh, MCU's What If, and then the first episode here. And I just wasn't really feeling either of those. And this week feels like a complete uh, shift where I was all about this episode. I was all about um, the what if episode and there's a ton of parallels between them because they both have collectors who are collecting these boxes that are floating in a room that are like of all these crazy things from out the universe and both episodes were really fun um the the a plot with um everyone in the collector's ship and then the b plot with boimler i enjoyed both of them i love seeing the dynamic between uh tendy rutherford and and Mariner, as well as uh, the new guy who gets accepted in because yeah. <laughs> they shove him out since Boimler's back. I hope we see more of him. Um, all of this is just really, it was a really fun episode. And I thought all of the jokes were hitting, um, even stuff that I wasn't fully getting. I know that there's a lot of deeper levels to stuff. I don't really understand the, tw the twins that seem to be accepted by everyone else that comes through <laughs> the transporter of Boimler. Um, as well as some of these other uh, reference jokes they were making to uh, some of the things that were being collected. But I'm sure you guys are going to explain that a bit more. Um, all this is just to say, this was a lot of fun. I also, I completely forgot. How have we all not talked about our Tamarian? This is the like second episode of Trek ever where we get well, Tamarians, right? 
I'll tell you why we we haven't talked about him because he was taken out of the episode five minutes in. I mean, what we got of him was really funny. Um, and the idea, like, you know, sometimes when uh, when like my grandma, you know, I grew up in a in a Spanish speaking household, and sometimes my grandma speaks English, but sometimes she'll forget and she'll be like, "Yeah, um, you know, ese cosa como tú sabes." Like he was doing that with with the uh, Tamarian like uh, meme language, you know. I thought that was so funny. He's just kind of code switching. I thought that was really funny. Um, I want to see more of him. I almost thought he was going to be like a one and done character because they turned him into a puppet. Yeah, so quickly somehow, but I love that the doctor is like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't my first guy turned into a puppet before. He'll be fine in an hour." So I thought, I thought was... the sign on the medical bay oh, that, that was, was like great, so funny. Yeah. Uh, question about um, the turns of phrases that he was using. Were did those make more sense to you guys than me? Like, are those? They're, like, yeah, they're they're all they're references like code for what he's meaning that is like linked up to Star Trek stuff. They're all references to one particular episode of TNG called Darmok, in which we Starfleet first comes into contact with the Tam- is it Tamarans? 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 I think it's Tamarans. Tamarans. Yeah, um, and Picard, um, they all they speak through metaphor. Their language allegory, is yeah, and, and an allegory, yeah, mainly allegory, right? Because it's specific mm-hmm. stories. And it's funny that his universal translator actually translates those allegories to English. Um, but yeah, everything that he was saying for the most part was kind of a remix of what the first uh, Tamaron uh, character we heard say to Picard. And the whole episode was Picard trying to communicate with him. It's a really great, it's a really great episode all about, you know, the, the troubles of communication and a whole lot more. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I was can watch that episode if you want, Grant, and talk about it on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, I was, I looked, I had to go back and and look it up a little bit because I wanted to, you know, nerd out a little bit about it. And I was reminded that Troy tries to explain how they speak in that episode. And one of the things that she says is, it's basically like if you had said, you know, if someone said, hey, it's uh, Juliet on the balcony at, at Moonlight, right? To mean a romantic situation. And so that's how they speak. The problem is, if you have no context for Shakespeare, you've no idea what she's talking about. So for in the episode of Darmok, he's speaking in allegories that are native to his culture, and Picard does not know them. And so it's, you know, not not to nerd out. Here, you asked, did they make sense to us? A little, but you have to understand the stories that they're they're being told and you don't always understand the stories it's like what it's like uh mariner says context clues right context Mm -hmm. clues yeah Mm -hmm. grant at tanagra sales unfurled (laughs) 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 very good um okay yeah that, that was just one of those things where i was like maybe you guys would know even what he's saying because this is Star Trek code that I don't get. <laughs> but I guess if it's just Tamarian code and it's like they say, context clues. I'm understanding via context clues. Okay. Then mm-hmm. I'm then I'm on board. Yeah, I don't think you had to understand because he eventually figures out what he's trying to say, right? Yeah. In the, the end though, that end scene where he's he's trying to pick up the woman in ten forward and uh <laughs> that was hilarious to me. Shaka when the walls fell. <laughs> 
Oh, so good. Uh, the the collectors. Uh, is this the first time we've seen a collector? Okay, so there are other collectors in the uh, I think universe. we've only seen one in Trek before in a TNG episode. This, Lower Decks loves referencing I mean, TNG. I mean, I we've seen there's... Lorca and his menagerie. Right. <laughs> um, and there was a menagerie like name drop in this episode, too. That was great. Yeah, and isn't there... I mean, the collectors also like to drop by... Um, DS9 all the time because there's that one where they go to, to buy the baseball card. Oh, yes. Yeah, I guess so. I was thinking about the one TNG episode when that one collector, yes, tries to steal data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's cool. like everyone tries to steal data. I, I, I love the one reference where uh, he was essentially like, oh, yeah, and your whole belief in like rights for, for robotic beings or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was kind of, like on one level. That's like a, a fun dig at at TNG. On a deeper level, it's like a really mean dig to the entire season one of Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah there, there are a lot of collector episodes. I was thinking actually about the Ensign Rolaren, uh, not Rolaren, no, the Vosh episode on DS Nine, where she's you know Quark is bringing in all these collectors for various things oh yeah yeah um i mean there are tons of like collector episodes i feel like in in star trek so this was a nice tongue-in-cheek reference um i wanted to go back to uh the cold open which is the sonic showers which i thought was so interesting that they are like collective showers and not just like, like a co-ed, the, whatever, kind of. Well, yeah, I figured at this point we've we've gotten past like you know gendered nudity and gender in 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 general. I hope at this point in Star Trek, but I also thought it was funny like the way that they did the blurring for the cartoons. Like in that was like a a very funny stylistic choice. But then the idea that you can like turn up how much it is sonically cleaning you and like what would that even feel like? <laughs> <laughs> right. Apparently it doesn't feel good. I, I guess not. Like their noses were bleeding. <laughs> right, like Mark, Mark says, it's just like a, a Starship Troopers. They're all. They're that's all what the- I. That's what I pictured mm. right when I was yep. watching it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that it set the. I mean, it was a funny cold open, but it also I thought did a good job of setting us up that we were then going to watch Mariner and Jet try to like out Alpha each other the entire episode, even down to how clean they are. <laughs> You know, that joke started getting kind of tired halfway through, but I like that it turned into them putting their egos aside and giving uh, Tendi and Rutherford the stage because Mm -hmm. then it really became about um, Star Trek of the TNG era, which is just all about crew ingenuity, right? There's a problem and we're smart enough to figure it out, right? And and they did that. And then that's what happened with Boimler too, like with his uh, whole plot where they were getting blasted. It was just about ingenuity and and uh, learning a, learning from past Starfleet history, right? He remembered about the Riker clone and that helped them get out of that situation. So that was totally classic Star Trek. Like there's a problem, it's fucking in, insane. No one's coming to help us. Let's try to use our experiences and our, and our brains and everything to, to get out of it. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm drawn to Lower Decks a little bit because it's kind of like, this is what happens before they're senior officers, right? So in typical TNG fashion, they put their egos aside, 
you know, especially the alphas will put their egos aside because they think uh, the Geordies might have the answer or the crushers might have the answer. Beverly, not that other one. Um, (laughs) I I just joke. But um, I think what we see here is we see Mariner and Jet struggle to that to get to that place and it's like oh this is kind of like the journey to being a senior officer um that is a fun element of lower decks that i sign up for what would you guys feel about one of these major characters long term becoming a senior officer and the dynamic that might cause I don't think I want to see that. I mean, that's I mean, what we kind of got with Boimler leveling mm-hmm. up and leaving the rest of them. It, no, but it like, really caused like this this kind of hole in the group dynamic, as well as this this kind of uh, bitterness and tension. So I don't know. I guess that's what I it'd mean, be. I think if we're going to get there, it's going to be in many seasons, right? Because like these are not people who are looking to move up in the ranks quickly. <laughs> you know, they're not like that. Um, motivated nor do we I think their talent is there but I think they're still learning how to hone their talent and so I think that's what we're gonna watch season after season for a while Um, I did like though sort of along those lines the plot line with Captain Freeman who is trying to level up Mm -hmm. and is coming up against her own sort of flaws and and I'm enjoying because we've we've all seen captains who do have flaws but they aren't like holding them back in any way it's more flaws that help them move forward and grow and um and and be a compelling character right in in trek and now we have freeman who's like trying to level up but is perpetually getting crushed by the uh inadequacies of her crew (laughs) yeah uh to that point choopy says there was a mini sea story with freeman that I think might cycle back in a bigger way later this season. Yeah, there's always that undercurrent of Freeman, like you said, trying to level up. But if it if she doesn't get in her own way, the crew definitely does. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that her micromanaging that situation would have um, helped it, though? I feel like any kind of pushback against Mariner would have forced Mariner to make executive decisions to make them go shut off the engine room. I thought it was clever that they... I thought it was clever that um, the reason that the ship couldn't just beam them out or go rescue them, because that's that's all they would have really done, right? Um, I thought it was clever that they tied that into a a, a character flaw or, or a character, you know, something character based. Mm-hmm. Oh, I they say that I'm micromanaging, so I'm not going to check on them. That's why they weren't saved. I thought that was pretty clever. Well, I, you know, Mike, to answer your question, I think what's interesting is that we're talking about an animated series. Right. So if we were talking about a live action series, I absolutely think at some point we would get a lower deck crew who gets promoted because that would just be a really interesting storyline to see that growth and how that changes things. Um, But I think that when I think about an animated series, so when I think about Rick and Morty, when I think about Family Guy, when I think about Futurama, when I think about The Simpsons, no one ever gets promoted. It's they, they, they're in the same situation week after week, year after year. No one leaves. No one new comes. It's just the, the jokes are different. And we see some character growth. Um, 
but not a lot of change. So I think that's an interesting question when I look at this show and go, well, if it's following the animated series kind of template, then no, they will never get promoted. If they do, they will be, they'll be brought right back. Um, and I just don't know what, so I don't know what we're going to get like a sitcom one step forward, two steps back. I mean, I, I sort of disagree. I could see them shocked. I, uh, I, I, I could see them bringing the characters up because I think that lower decks implies like, you know, uh, a, a, a sort of cast system. Maybe that's not the best term, but, uh, you know, basically of, of hierarchy of, of Starfleet and, even if they got promoted within the Cerritos, we see that the Cerritos is still a lower decks to something like the Titan, right? Like it's still a lower tier ship that is looked down upon and Freeman is actively trying to graduate to that next step. We saw Boimler get the opportunity and Boimler couldn't handle it, but his clone seems actually pretty adept to it, Um, which, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but I'm reading this book series right now. It's um, the the Bobaverse series. We are Legion. We are Bob's the first one. Um, at one point, it's it's all about this uh, person who gets put into a computer, and he's he's basically a computer computerized version of himself that can duplicate using 3D printers and takes over like the galaxy. Um, but he finds that every time he clones himself, uh, his clones are a little bit different in personality. They're never identical to him. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to this part that was talking about the. Oh man, I, I pulled it up here. Is Michael the, Keaton in that? The no cloning theorem. This is a this is a book. Multiplicity. <laughs> I, I, I hear Thank you. Thank you. I was like, uh, somebody in here's got to get that joke. The no cloning <laughs> theorem, which is uh, an actual quantum uh, theory in physics, that like anything that's cloned of itself cannot be uh, perfectly identical. It's not possible within the realm of quantum physics. Um, I was just reading up on that. And then I see this episode and notice that the two uh, Boimlers are a bit different. One doesn't volunteer at the same time as the other. One seems comfortable, wants to name change and is kicking it with Riker. And it all seemed to fit like the Boimler that they needed for the Titan was cloned away from the original Boimler. And we got our original Boimler back quite clearly because he was he's the one who would have volunteered and the other one wouldn't. Yeah, it is interesting. There's never really like some rules of cloning in in Star Trek. Like the Riker clone was a clone that happened in a transporter accident. And he was different than Riker, but he was different because he was stranded. Like it happened when Riker was like in his, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s. And that Riker, the clone, got stranded somewhere for like several years and lived alone in isolation until the, somebody rescued him. And so they brought him back into the enterprise. And because of those years that he spent away and went on a different path, he was a drastically different person than, than William Riker. And he actually became something of a e- terrorist in, in DS nine. And I think the, uh, the Cardassians probably murdered his ass. We don't know, but oh. yeah, I guess it was more about like, um, what is it? Uh, n- uh, nurture over nature with with that record clone so i was a little surprised when like yeah the part of boimler that did want to stay on the on the titan just went into the clone you know and then that was okay i like i was like oh i don't get that but whatever it's a cartoon i mean i feel like he probably knew deep down that all of his screaming on the deck probably meant this wasn't the right place for him and i do kind of enjoy the commentary on the fact that you can be successful in environments that are comfortable to you. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like success doesn't have to mean being uncomfortable all of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, if they were going for that or not, I do think it's like inevitably kind of a nice heartwarming message of like, Hey, like be in a place that actually lets you thrive in the environment that gives you growth rather than being scared all of the time. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't presented as a failure when he left, right? right? It wasn't presented as a failure. It was presented as this is actually not what I want to do and not what I'm built for. And I'm not happy here. So I'm going to go where I'm happy and follow that path. I'm going to, uh, I want to explore. I want to do the nerdy T and G type stuff. I don't want to be an action star every day. It doesn't make me happy. I like that. Yeah. And even like the ground crew that he went with, I thought it was so funny when they all went around and were like, I got into the Academy to study moths. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I got into there. Starfleet because I like beaming. That was corny. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> that. It gave us kind of, it gave us the best of both worlds with Boimler and that um, there was clearly a, a will he won't he on staying on the Titan or coming back to the Cerritos. And when they clone, you you get both. <laughs> he gets to stay there. He gets he to come back. Montana himself. <laughs> but I, I think they they distinctly made a point of um, distinguishing the personalities so that we know that the Boimler we're getting back is the same Boimler that left. And the other one is um, markedly different in personality and actually comfortable staying on the Titan. And that, that's why that is the the clone, the deviation, Boimler. That's a really good point, Grant. Um, and, and I think to that point, the fact that the Titan clone was like, what do you think about the name William? Like, it, we're seeing a very different, like, it's almost like a multiverse split, right? Um, so it'll be interesting if we see William Boimler again at some point. I, I kind of hope we do towards the end of the season because I think it would be very funny to see what the growth trajectory is of the two clones. But then also I want the Cerritos crew to meet the other Boimler because I think it would be really funny to see them interact with the William Boimler. The more <laughs> confident one. Yeah, they would be like, oh, I don't know. Ah, ah, like <laughs> It would be interesting if Mariner dated William Boimler. Whoa. <laughs> That's unethical. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Just tossing that out there. Yeah. Casual yeah. hookup with uh, William Boimler. <laughs> Just a casual hookup, yeah. Cash. Keep it cash. Keep the, it uh, cash. The, comment- the commentators are dropping some of the visual references we got in the collectorship. Uh, Marge says... The game device from the TNG episode, The Game. I don't know if you guys remember that one. It's where Wesley brings this addictive game that's like a visor that everybody plays. And uh, apparently you it, it's like uh, you have to get some discs in the in type of little whirlwind that you oh, it's see. The it's the lamest like game ever. Virtual but. reality game. It's totally from 1987. It's terrible. And every time you win, um, well, according to the the facial and auditory expressions of the person playing it, every time you win... Um, you orgasm, which is which is fun. Oh wow! I see. I didn't realize <laughs> that it was an orgasm. I I, was like, you made it sound like else. a bad game. This sounds like a pretty fun game. I mean, again, I did uh, not know we were talking orgasm. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm I need to go to some comic cons and see if we got some some paraphernalia laying around. So, Mike, <laughs> try this uh, out. Can you give an uh, example of what their face looked like. Uh, no, and then. Uh, <laughs> 
My orgasms are my own, my friend. And then Kern says, at least we learned the fate of giant Spock. Yeah, there's that episode that with like a giant Spock. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a TOS or a TAS episode? Do you guys remember? I, I think remember. it's a TAS. Okay. Uh, yeah, apparently we, we, the collector collected giant Spock's bones. And as Chippy reminded us, there was a sex helmet. It's true. I did find, so Den of Geek has a list of as many uh, of the references they saw in the collection uh, as possible. Some of the, there's so many that they put on here, but just some of the ones I thought were funny were Marty McFly's shoes from Back to the Future, um, Khan's necklace from The Wrath of Khan, uh, a baseball bat and ball for a little DS9 reference, the game, um, a giant pink tribble, um, was some of the other ones a Catan probe uh klingon batleth and the mars rover <laughs> and a crate of chateau chateau picard wine <laughs> are, are so they're implying that uh back to the future exists in the same universe yeah just... it's a part of earth's history oh okay, yeah. okay. in that regard like, they love they love twentieth and twenty first century yeah. pop culture references. I, I don't think <laughs> whole movie, not like yeah. I don't think Marty McFly Fox. was is part of the universe, but Michael J. Fox is. Yeah, okay, fair. The movie exists in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's debate. I think in the chat on on whether or not people were orgasming orgasming in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work it out, guys. Well, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get uh, pulled off you know, of YouTube. <laughs> there's. It was clearly <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> So gonna be a watch I, along in about a week. <laughs> there, I don't think there's anyone I know who knows more about Trek than Chupi, so she's right. <laughs> there we go. Wild, 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 wild. Um, yeah, I was trying to think. I don't think we've seen that particular um, alien before that we got, who was like assisting them with the collection. Right. I'm trying to remember. Um, That's one of the great things about animation and lower decks, right? We can get these really non-humanoid aliens showing up mm-hmm. a lot more and more because you don't have to put a bunch of loaf on somebody to make them or, or a bunch of CGI. Yeah. Um, this guy. Oh, I don't have his name written down. Anyway, not a big deal. Dude with the tentacles. Yeah. But I, I did think he was very it, like that, like kind of con antique kind of personality. So I thought they did a good job of the character was good. Anyway, you guys know some of the uh, voice actors that were on this episode. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. The, uh, the Titan crew was full of a, it sounded like they were full of, of some really good voice actors, but I didn't recognize anyone in particular. So I don't think we had any like special guest stars. Um, if we did in the, in the chat, let us know. Well, Frakes was Frakes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm surprised Marina Sirtis isn't showing up um, at all this season. And maybe we won't have her show up because we're not going to be on the Titan anymore. It's too bad. Yeah, oh. I'm not sure. I know she has been, I think she moved back to the UK for a, for a show. Mm-hmm. Um. So potentially availability didn't work out, but who knows? I did see. So um, the other thing I did, y'all see any of the highlights from Las Vegas, Star Trek, Las Vegas, the 55 year mission. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw that uh, Kelsey Grammer was there. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's interesting. For like that's the shortest appearance in Star Trek weird. ever. Yeah. I know there's on... yeah. Um there was like a big thing at at, at the time when like Frasier and Star Trek were airing, I guess around the same times or whatever. I think they were on the, like they, they shared like studio space or something. Mm -hmm. And so for an Emmy, like a bit, there's a bit where the, it's the cast of Frasier or on the, on the um, bridge of the enterprise. I'll try to find the video and share it in the Slack. It's very funny. (laughs) So what else Um, are we, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. The reason I brought up the Star Trek uh, Las Vegas thing was one, there was a bunch of cool panels with all our favorite discovery people. Um, But the other thing that got kind of dropped was apparently, um, oh my gosh, we get another, we had another voice actor. uh, Join Prodigy? Yes. Uh, Robert Beltran is apparently making an appearance. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, that's Chakotay. But yeah, so apparently Chakotay might be there, but there was some speculation that it's a cover up because he's actually going to be playing Jerry Ryan's husband in Picard. Because oh, remember, no. she wakes up with the ring on. I'm just like, what the fuck did I have I done? I married Chakotay. <laughs> oh, shit. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. rumors, so, things happening. Um, given we've now seen two episodes of Lower Decks. I'm wondering what you guys see as a potential season arc, what they are looking to explore with this particular season. I think that they should follow the path of the TNG episode, the game as Curran tells us from the transcript of the game quote, it's stimulating the septal area. That's the pleasure center of the brain. Did you have to read it like that? Orgasms people. (laughs) You see, Chupi says orgasms. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was just kind of wondering, like, we now have our our quartet back intact with Boimler returning. And Boimler is going to be subjected to group hazing for, for abandonment, um, as is necessary and deserving for Boimler. Um, wow. You have an interesting perspective on life, don't you? <laughs> Our friend is back. Let's haze him. <laughs> that's, that's what Mariner believes, and I, I believe in Mariner, so I, I'm going to take her lead on this. I, don't, I think you're wrong. She was so overjoyed to see him. And yeah, she, she was. Just, she and kicked Jim right out of that seat. Yeah. yeah. Go get us shots. That's all. <laughs> um, I think, it's all out of love. I think, um, I think this idea of... Um, the Captain Freeman leveling up and the ship getting in the way is going to be an ongoing arc. I think yeah, that's going to be a, a big deal. That's kind of what I was wondering. And I was, I was thinking that we might see some conflict between the, um, I, I would call it upper decks because I don't know any better. Uh, what's it called? The uh, crew? Command Senior. crew. Command yeah. crew. Okay. Or we can just call them the upper deckers. The upper deckers. Oh no! <laughs> Eventually, lower deck will lower decks will be called middle decks. That'll be in like four seasons, and then in like ten seasons, we'll get to upper deckers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the are are what we seeing? Are what we seeing? That's a horrible sentence. 
are we seeing that it's the lower decks that are causing the problems for Freeman and a lot of these missions, or is it her command crew and the lower decks shouldn't be necessarily held accountable? I mean, it should be like her command crew, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, last episode was, well, I guess Mariner did kind of cause that problem in the last episode. I think it's just a mix. I think the entire crew is just (laughs) problematic. But I do, I do like when we see the lower deckers interact more with the upper deckers and those relationships. I do want to see that a lot more. Yeah, I think we're going to get some more of that crossover interaction. And I don't think we've even come anywhere near to resolving the conflict between Mariner and Captain Freeman either, because like they're still very much figuring out how they're going to work together, especially since Captain Freeman now seems like she's trying to jump ship literally and not have to deal with her daughter at all and hopefully move up in rank, um, which I don't know if that's going to happen for her. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. It, it, it's curious to me, the idea that um, lower decks and in particular Mariner might be the thorn in Freeman's side and her being able to potentially um, get a promotion or, or move out of the Cerritos or even um, have the Cerritos upgrade in class in its, its, its mission and objective. Um, I'm not sure if it's necessarily just her or I wonder if they might attempt some, some sort of uh, role reversal with the characters where maybe the lower decks crew is given a chance to take on command at, as some sort of event happens that takes all of uh, command out of the picture and can the lower decks people step up and prove they're even more capable. I, oh. I like that. I I think we've seen a lot of the plots in Lower Decks driven by kind of like uh, Star Trek tropes, right? Driven by outside forces. So there's something going on outside that's attacking. Or there's um, there's something crazy happening on this planet or this ship. I, I thought Lower Decks was going to be more about the humor and the comedy and the stories were going to be generated more by the interpersonal relationships of the characters, which we do kind of see that happening, but there's always like some sci-fi craziness happening in the background that drives all the character interaction. Like I really would not mind if nothing happens on the show and it's just character growth and character interactions and fun jokes like, um, you know, no attacks, no crazy sci-fi wackiness, just really fun uh, dialogue between the characters that is just really funny and sharp and, and witty. Like we were talking about reservation dogs earlier and that new show on Hulu and that show, even though it gives us a snapshot of a, of a culture, uh, a really particular culture, that is, um, a show where like nothing really happens. All we do is hang out with the characters in their daily lives. And it is thrilling and fun and hilarious and clever. And I, I like that kind of stuff where the, the, like the nucleus of a show, the characters can be really what brings you to it and doesn't have to be uh, surrounded by all this, uh, all these other outside kind of contrived plots. Hmm. I mean, famously, right. Seinfeld is a show about mm-hmm. nothing. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we can, yeah. I, I think uh, we'll also see some 
some tried and true Star Trek plots. Uh, I think one that that I expect to see this season or a soon season to come is Freeman's going to leave the Mm -hmm. kind of the Cerritos for some reason, right? Training, medical condition, a secret mission. For some reason, Freeman's going to leave. And the thought is that, oh, no, Ransom's going to be in charge. But instead, they're going to bring in a jackass from somewhere else. Um, And they're going to have this hard edge and we got to whip you guys into shape and it's going to be a disaster. And then that, that guy is going to, or woman is going to learn that the Cerritos has its own way of doing things. And then they're going to appreciate Freeman. Another way. I completely expect that. Uh, I hope we don't get that. We got that plot. Every last single season. season. Yeah. in the first season when the, when the captain realized everybody had so much free time, remember? Well, yeah, but I think this is going it, to, it'll endear yeah. us to Freeman a little bit more. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't mind something that gave us like some more time to appreciate Captain Freeman, mostly because I also just love Don Lewis, who voices Captain Freeman. She's incredible. Um, Jalisa. Jalisa is but, Sheila. But... <laughs> Sheila is Jalisa. No fool me. No fool. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I really enjoyed Way that musical interlude. <laughs> no, thank you for blessing the pod with that. That was great. Um, that was wonderful. But, uh, you know, we also got that time when she, they did go on that mission with the plant. You remember they were wearing the all black suits and like mm-hmm. they had right. to go take ma- magical beans to the magical giant or something. And um, Mariner's old Academy buddy came over and was captain. And so Mariner kind of had this new appreciation mm. for, for all of that. So I think we've gotten some, touchstones in that area but i agree clyde we'll probably see something where freeman has to go kind of prove herself in some way but then we'll realize that they both sort of need each other right clyde you you were talking about uh like a jellico situation right where captain jellico showed up on tng and tried to whip everybody into shape and it I really thought we were about to talk about the musical cats and I was like, I don't know what's about to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was talking about. Was Idris Elba in that movie? Poor guy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was, here's the thing about it. As interesting as it is, those usually aren't my favorite Star Trek episodes because you're bringing in somebody who's throwing the chemistry way off. Um, but it, I feel like we see it in every series at some point. If, if you were to, um, pluck, uh, not even a classic plot line, but a plot line that you like Clyde from 90s Star Trek and throw it into lower decks, what would it be? Or have uh, we covered it? Has, has the no, show covered it already? So there, there are a couple, there are a couple plot line or like, storylines that I always love with TNG anytime they went back to Starfleet Academy I kind of thought it was cool like because it's Star- Starfleet Academy is this place where we hear about and to me as a Star Trek fan it's like the beginning and so and we know we know a lot about it we just don't spend a lot of time there so as much as we all talk about Wesley Crusher the episode where he was back and they had to defend him and we're seeing these different, you know, it, it's the same thing that he shared. The, the, he said, she said, the, my perspective, what's the truth? We see this theme throughout Star Trek all the time, but the fact that it took place 
at Starfleet Academy was interesting. So we need, so I would love to see something along those lines, especially because they're the lower decks and they just got out of Starfleet Academy for the most part. Going back there would be interesting to me. What do you think, Brian? I need a ridiculous, dramatic holodeck episode. What we ha- wait? Didn't we have one? We got the mo- the lower decks of the movie last last season. I know, <laughs> I want. Whatever it was. I, I like when they do like they go back to a random historical time period for absolutely oh. no reason. <laughs> or they go into like a Robin Hood story for no reason. Yes, like yeah. I need I need like the absurdity like beyond just the references back to old Trek. Like if it's going to be a reference back to old Trek, like make it the Western episode. There's or, always a Western episode. It's full of datas. That's full of datas, you know, or full of badges, bad badges, you know, um, anything along those lines. I'm like very excited for, and I hope we get more holodeck episodes. Chupi made a good point. We haven't had time travel yet. Is that true? No time travel yet on lower decks. Not really. Right. Not like a lot. Yeah. I would maybe like to see, I think one of the best uses of, time travel in star trek was the season one discovery episode with harry mutt when mm. yeah when stamets was the only one uh, awake and and who was comprehending that that the reset was happening i thought that was great kind of groundhog mm-hmm. i like the idea of the clones now that we've seen a boimler clone <laughs> like I want to see the clones. See, yeah, exactly. Like our our main four get like rapidly cloned out, and then they have to kind of whittle down and see how much they know each other's true self, and like kill off all the other versions. We absolutely will get a mirror universe lower decks episode at some point. Mm. Maybe not a whole episode, but definitely like a throwaway reference that. I know, I, no, I or think like we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think we're going to get more than a reference. I think we're going to see Mirror Universe like Mariner. Um, we got a cool comment up here from WYSIWYG. It says, I think the Titan Boimler will get red shirted and then Jet will have to, you know, replace them. <laughs> I guess jump ships and go over there, which I thought. Uh, I mean, maybe just as a way of getting rid of uh, the other Boimler, uh, <laughs> have him die off, and then it's just not this this dangling thread. But if they want another t- uh, a clone Boimler, uh, they probably won't do that. Um, do you, I was going to say, do you guys think that we'll see any other references that are non-TNG? I mean, we get some yeah. Voyager references from here and here and then. Well, I'm yeah, able to actually see someone. Like, Tom Paris like, is uh, confirmed to show up. Okay, this season, As along plate, with this, right? <laughs> along with this commemorative plate. Yeah, yeah. There's a plate, and he's on the the bridge. Oh, Lee's A said that there was uh, mirror universe stuff on the collector ship mm. in this episode. So maybe that's foreshadowing a mirror episode, mm. a mirror universe episode, Clyde. Okay, Let's see, there we go. Oh, um, what do you guys think of this? Uh, Chippy says. The hinting the padlocks were um, puppets for some other baddie. Uh, they they were hinting that the, the Titan was saying, "Oh, we think that the padlocks um, might they're they're puppets, and we're going to cut those strings." And I don't know, right? Oh, yeah, handed with the Pinocchio, whatever stuff. Um, but I was kind of curious what other bad guys these padlocks might be kind of operating under. 
Um, I mean, so the Borg, the Borg, because that's the only ones I know. There's the Borg. I'm trying to think of the ships that they've added in the intro sequence as possible hints to that. I think there was some Romulan ships as well as a couple of Klingon warbirds. So yeah, potential there. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say I like Romulans. Romulans are always fun and cool. We got a lot of them in Picard, but um, yeah, I'd like to see some badass Romulans. I want to see a reference to lore. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. You like lore? I, I I thought it was interesting. There were this idea of an android sibling, um, a long lost... <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Who is it? It's, it's Data's brother? brother. Data has a couple brothers, but I'm lord. sorry, does everyone listening know that? <laughs> yeah. I know. We've 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 explained this to you like three times before. It's yes. Okay. Particularly okay. on, I don't know, a discovery uh no, a uh every a episode Picard. of Picard. <laughs> every single episode of Picard. His name is Lore Dota Data's Lore. Okay. L-O-R-E, make the joke lore. again. Let's let's hear it. Yeah. Did I make a joke about this? Yes. Oh, um, I can't. I, I don't even know what the joke would be. <laughs> hey, uh, I, Lisa said they need to make a reference to Discovery, which uh, made me want to ask, do people know about Discovery? I didn't know. I, I, my understanding is like Discovery was like a real like covert ops secret. Yep. Thing. That was how they and ended that whole know. thing of like, don't don't talk about this ever again yeah because we have to jump ahead into the future to save all of you so just don't even reference that we existed keep Mm -hmm. it keep it on the down low okay yet lower decks is a new trick show and it's a comedy so they'll somehow reference this yeah sly that means like oh yeah spock's sister or whatever yeah all right anything else you guys want to say about this episode of lower decks and maybe what you're looking forward to in the future I have nothing I'm looking forward to in the future. <laughs> I mean, so I have to say, I know we're on Paramount Plus and all, but I was surprised to see animated nudity in uh, a Star Trek show. It was blurred, though. I saw it was blurred. blurred. Yeah. Did, did you have the unblurred version? Is <laughs> there no. like a Paramount Plus Plus? <laughs> Paramount, Paramount Plus, X. Plus X. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying no. extra over there, Clyde? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, All right, I just thought it was interesting. More cartoon nudity. What do you? What no, do you I wasn't saying more. <laughs> I was saying I was surprised by it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of. I feel like anytime I've ever seen it in cartoons, it's always just like bubbles in strategic places. But you can't really do that with a sonic shower. So. <laughs> All right. I think we're at the end of the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in live. We'll be back next week with another deep dive into the next Lower Decks episode. Um, it'll be the third episode of season two. I think there we, we got 10 episodes this season mm-hmm. again. So we're going to cover each and every one of them um, on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Central uh, right here on the YouTubes. Um, and Mariah, remind everybody where they can find us online. Yeah, so visit StarTrekPod.co where you can find the audio and video ways to watch and consume the content that we are making. Also, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel until the end of the month, so until August 31st, you'll be entered in to win a copy of the Blu-ray DVDs for uh, Discovery Season 3. So 
get that beautiful Blu-ray. I'm really excited about this because I imagine the special effects look even better on the Blu-ray. So it make, sure really you, good. Yeah. make sure you subscribe to the YouTube so you can get entered in for that. Clyde, tell people where they can find us on socials. Well, if you're on your social medias, you can always find us at Star Trek Pod. Um, whether that's Twitter, or Instagram, shout out to Karen, runs the Twitter. Thanks, Karen. And uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash Star Trek Pod. Go there, make your two bucks an episode, eight bucks a, a month, probably. It's math. Um, uh, donation. And, you know, for eight bucks, that's, that's not so bad. That's like, you know, buying um, one buying Starbucks, one Starbucks <laughs> yeah. or like a really good sandwich somewhere, a couple tacos, shoelaces. Uh, yeah. Instead, you're, you're helping support this podcast and us making jokes about Klingons and um, DeLorpians and Glengongs. I don't know all the names of them. Hey, anyway, uh, we, we appreciate your support. Um, Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And if you sign up soon, you'll probably get to do watch along about orgasm soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so just hold off. Hold off. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord all right game thanks for game. joining us delorpians live long and prosper bye, bye.